going on, everyone? I'm Heath. And I'm Jay. You're listening to Host of Horrors, show where we discuss and review horror films based on predetermined themes of the month. Jay. Okay, I don't think I've ever seen this film, and I think I have, but I don't think I have. So we're just going to say that we haven't seen this one. Okay. So, yeah. Um, never... I feel like this would have scared me shitless as a kid. Like, not even gonna lie. It did me. I remember watching this on VHS. I, oh. Imagine that shit. <laughs> I'm so fucking meta. Right? My god. I just feel like this movie shouldn't have been made on VHS tapes ever. <laughs> You're just like, no. No, I clearly remember watching this on VHS. God, and the trauma that comes from that shit. <laughs> like, I just I, I just wouldn't know what to do. I would just be like, well, I'm fucking, I'm dead. I am deceased. That I am dead. I am deceased. I am just gone. Yeah, Mm-mm. so this week we are capping off Cursed Objects Month with 2002's Gore Verbrinsky's The Ring. God, I want to say at the same time, but uh, Gore Verbrinsky? Verbinski? Verbrinsky. Verbrinsky. Is is he like European? I don't know. That's a very European sounding name. Very European sounding. So I'm like, man. What else has he done? He was a punk rock guitarist as a teenager. That explains a good little bit about... (laughs) See, with a name like Gore Verbrinsky, I feel like you should have been somewhere in the punk sphere. He's American. American. He he was born Gregor Verbrinsky in 1964 in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Wow. Anyway, yeah. this movie was fucking awesome. Yeah, I love The Ring. That was so. That was one of his looks like his most well known efforts, right? Um, I mean, so he's got a weird, weird little backlog. So. Gore Verbrinsky uh, has done a bunch of fucking movies. He he did Mouse Race, which I f- I love. I it's not a great movie, but I love it. I have nostalgia for it as a kid. Following that, he did The Ring, and then following that, just a year later, he did Pirates of the Caribbean: uh, Curse of the Black Pearl. Okay. And then he did the two sequels following it. How did you go from Mouse Hunt to The Ring? To Disney. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I can tell by his style already based on the fact that he made these Bad Religion music videos back in the 90s. So I'm like, oh, this is where we're going with it. But he fe- seems very versatile. Almost as if he's like director for hire in a way. To where he can basically be very versatile in his uh, directorial style. At the same time, though, if you watch all these films, like because he also did The Lone Ranger and Rango, um, if you watch all these films, they all scream his style. Like you watch them, and they all feel similar. Like they could be all in the same universe. It, it feels like he had the thing for westerns. Not necessarily. He's only done w- one western, and and Rango. Rango was a western. Rango and looks like Lone uh, Ranger. Lone Ranger and this other one, this is the other one that's called uh, the Mexican. That's kind of it's kind of a western, but it's more of like a, like an adventure kind of thing, but it has western elements. But still, though, that's that's three movies out of his. He's done two horror movies, three westerns, and three pirate movies. And yeah, and a comedy, and a comedy. So so like he's done a good little bit. So like I respect someone who's very versatile. Like 
who's very versatile but still has a style if that and, makes sense and to take something that is so uniquely j-horror and Mer- americanize it while also staying true to its roots that's fucking impressive take notes early 2000s anime people <laughs> not everything has to be a fucking jelly donut leave it as onigiri as it is that's why four kids doesn't exist anymore i'm yeah. sorry i'm still bitter about that yeah no i am too sanji <laughs> instead of smoking a cigarette sanji had a lollipop he was smoking some, a that's some bullshit smoking on some candy yeah he had a lollipop and you know instead of like with a Guns, they were Instead like pointing gun, their fingers. They were water pistols. The water pistols that are pointing their fingers. That was like Yu Gi Oh! That was Yu Gi Oh! where yeah. they pointed fingers. But no, fucking uh, One Piece, they had water pistols. Oh my god. <laughs> they, they, four kids was trying. But man, so it just goes to show how versatile Gore Verbrinsky is. And well, with the, let's talk about it. Like, the ring, of course, is based off of uh, Jay Horror. I'm, I actually kind of like the grunge, so I like Juon. So that's kind of like if if it comes like scary, like horror, like that. That's why I like. I don't know why I like Juon so much. I think it's because from my sister, but uh, that's kind of why. I like I like the grudge. I like all of that stuff. It wasn't. I guess I wasn't scary, but I think because I understood what the movie is all about. So uh, no, this movie isn't like scary as far as like jump scares. But you want to talk about some tension throughout the entire film? Like, from the opening onwards, it just, you feel this uneasiness to this movie. And it, atmospheric horror out the fucking ass. I mean, everything, you literally feel the temperature of Seattle watching Mm -hmm. this movie. Everything feels cold and wet and damp. I feel like they did the perfect thing. By placing it in Seattle, which is one of the most rainiest cities in the whole, you know, in America. Not only that, but you have a huge metropolis of Seattle and like you drive three miles to the west and it's uh, untamed wilderness. So it beautiful, beautiful shots in this movie. Cinematography was a one in this movie as well. Oh yeah. Cinematography and the composition, the the music in this film. uh, Hmm. It was very cleverly, like, placed. Like, everything felt so purposeful. Yeah. Like, especially from the certain scenes with, oh my god, what was her name? Um, Rachel. Rachel. With everything with Rachel. Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. Looking fucking amazing. Keep it in your pants. I'm just saying, she looks so good. (laughs) So... Every I my favorite one of my scenes that I really that really stuck out to me from a, a cinematic standpoint was whenever she first watched the tape, when she first watched the tape and all of everything just kind of turned red because as, the sunset on the on that, tree on that tree at the same time during the uh, on sunset and it just like everything just became blood red after she started watching it and now I was like bro like way to way to foreshadow a lot. Man, that was mm. crazy. I really liked that one a lot. Oh yeah, and and to take the the whole high school urban legend route that they did to begin with, so so well done because it it does it starts out like this hoax, you know, a scary story you tell to your friends, you know, just to freak them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Naomi Watts's character Rachel finds out that actually 
four kids that had watched this tape a week later all died at the, the same, same time. time, including her cousin. Was it her cousin? It was her niece, including her. It was niece. her sister's uh, daughter, mm, including her niece, which her son was very close with. Aiden. Aiden, and man, that boy is well beyond his years, and that was I- a freaky little child. Yeah, but it's not like in the hereditary style. No, or just like, like a style. It was just like he was like his like just vast amounts of like inherent intelligence, which according to this actor doesn't surprise me because considering this dude graduated at um I got admitted to UCLA and graduated and went to Harvard law school at eighteen. So I'm like and now he's a freaking yeah lo- attorney working for the US government. Yeah, I would trust that child with my taxes. As a child, I As don't even child. care. I don't even care what he's doing now. Just from his performance in the ring, I would trust him with he my taxes. He gives me CPA vibes. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he, <laughs> he looks like if he he looks like if he was the hall monitor, he would take it way too seriously. No, you're right. He looks like he's the kind of kid who actually acts about homework every night, and all the kids hate him because of it. He looks like he has a better credit score than I do at that age. <laughs> we don't talk about credit scores in this house. <laughs> I don't want to talk about credit scores right now. <gasps> Dude, though, like, just everybody in this film, everybody, everybody, every, everybody, everybody in this film was well acted. I'm like, this is how you do an, an actual, like, blockbuster kind of movie. Because fuck whatever the fuck last week was. <laughs> Hey, 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 you leave Evil Bong out of this. You know, you're right. Evil Bong has a special place. It, it has its fans. It, it has a special place. Oh, but this movie is so fucking good. Oh, yeah. And it has oh. one of my favorite underrated actors, uh, Martin Henderson. You talking about Noah? Noah. So, I've okay. I've always liked him. He feels, he gives me, like, he was, like, the stereotypical, like, 2000s, like, he had that 2000s look. Yeah. yeah. He had like that feathered haircut mm-hmm. going on and everything. But I've always liked him though. Like he's been in quite a few good movies. Like uh, he was in Twerk or Torque. I'm sorry. Torque. That, Torque. That uh, Wait, motorcycle that movie. W- oh, God. Tell me that one where he had to like basically like keep himself like pr- charged or some shit. No, you're thinking of Crank. Oh, okay. No, Torque is the motorcycle movie with Ice Cube. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? Mm-mm. It's I think you're Cranked. It's bad. Crank was fun. Crank was stupid. It was so stupid, but <laughs> it was, it was so like fucking stupid. It, but it was like a it was like a roller coaster. Uh, but he's been in a lot of. He was in Smoking Aces. He was in the New Strangers. Everest. Um, so basically, just recently, he was in X. Are you dead ass? Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to watch X. We need to watch X. Yeah, he plays uh, Wayne. So he's part of the main cast. Mm-hmm. What? F- so he's, you know who he gives me? Paul Rudd, pre-Marvel. But in a way that he was able to just coast by and like, not like necessarily be like, be well, well known, but be able to keep a check. Yeah. To, and all of that. That's kind of like, that, like what he gives me. But where Paul Rudd, everyone kind of knew who Paul Rudd is. By the time, yeah. I, I mean, mean, if I said Martin Henderson, you're going to look at me like, who, who the, the fuck, fuck is he? <laughs> but, but he's he's always, I don't know, every movie he's been in, he has been good. 
Whether the movie was good or not, he has always been good. Like I said, he always knows how to keep a check from the sounds <laughs> of it. And this movie kind of proves the fact that he can, he's able to ha- like to handle himself. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I really like this performance. Oh, like even Naomi Watts, who we don't really hear much from, because I, I sure really haven't really heard much from her. Like, in recently. recent years, yeah. But everything she's been in, though, she is top notch. A1. She, is all, she always gives a good performance. She was always feels like she was always one of those horror girls. Like she was like, if you're like a horror person, that she was like one of the horror girls. Like how Anna Ferris was like the like one of the comedy girls. That's kind of what Naomi Naomi was. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I mean, she's been in The Ring and uh, Funny Games, but that's really it as far as horror. I feel like she was on the way. Shut in's the other one. I, I feel like she was on the way to that though. Because of just how much she, how well she has done in these horror films prior or leading up to it, you know? Yeah. But you don't really hear much from Naomi Watson anymore. I guess you can, Honestly, I guess you can count Mulholland Drive, but I don't really count that as a horror movie. It's not a, it's not a horror movie per se, but like it's, it's that something. Yeah. But it just goes to show like there's, these performances are really strong and you don't really know anybody who's in it talk about a strong performance and he's not in it for long whatsoever brian fucking cox delivers again are you talking about um um Uh, mr morgan the dad that's brian cox brian cox man he is like a horror icon but he hard like he just shows up and does work man what is it, what is else has he done? He has been in a he was an autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, he was uh, actually the dad in that movie. He was in Zodiac. He was in let's see what other horror movie? Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat. Remember when we watched Trick or Treat? Wait. He's the old man. He's oh, the bus driver. The old man, the bus driver, old man that uh, that lasted to the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's him. Yeah, I mean, dude, he's been in a bunch of fucking movies. He's been in Super Troopers. He's been in, he was in Red, Red the sequel, of course. Um, he was also in Manhunter, the original um, Red Dragon. Oh, he was, wait, not him being in Succession and, <gasps> he was in X2, he was William Stryker. Yeah. Ah! Oh my God. Fucking, fucking Brian Cox is a goddamn legend. Oh, and he's in um the newest, uh, that Blade Runner series too. Mm. Oh, wow, he's, shit. No, in talk like talk about fucking um what they call it. Talk about fucking keeping a check. Right? But no, you gotta agree with me. All the ones that you know he's been in, that mm-hmm. motherfucker delivers. Oh no, that motherfucker can act. Uh-huh. And that was a good oh stellar performance. And I mean barely in it. Like he had what, maybe ten minutes of screen time? All together. And, and he fucking killed it. Mm-hmm. But shit. But, okay, I really want to talk about it because, like, I just want to talk about it. I, at first I was like, okay, mystery, whatever. But the fact that this went from just, like, a high school horror, like, a high school little horror story, which is typical of most J-horror, that's how shit starts, usually, to a grand, like, a blown mystery, that's the part I feel, like, kept me going. Mm -hmm. And it's not like it was boring or anything at all. Not at all. I like the I like the pacing of it, but it's just like the mystery of this film was the driving force of me keeping my interest in this film because I will sit on my seat like this is a real fucked up shit, but like 
when you like decipher when she was deciphering all of the images because of that reporter noisiness Mm -hmm. that fuck around and find out shit the fact that like she gave it her all and was like trying to like basically had the scoop of the century like in her hands man that is absolutely fucking insane with like how much dedication someone has into like basically fucking around and finding out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just no. like a white person. Just like a white person. She fuck around, she found out, and she survived. That's all that matters. The fact that she and her son survived. Yeah. And just the fact that it just makes you wonder like how how did she survive? But like the people that helped her didn't. Because. Like, that's what I was trying to figure out. Yeah, so it's basically Samara wants her story to be told, her message to be told, wants her uh what she sees to be shared. That's what uh Rachel did. She saw the tape, made a copy of that tape, and then showed the copy to Noah. So that final line that um, Aiden mm-hmm. says when he's like, what's going to happen to the person we show this to? That's what happened. It's literally like basically a sacrifice. You have to, A, not only watch the tape to appreciate the art form, mm-hmm. you then have to make a copy of said art form and then show someone a copy of that art form. And, but then that person's meta- going to die. Unless the cycle keeps going. But if the cycle keeps going, then you're going to have hundreds and hundreds of this tape. So, oh my God. <laughs> so, basically, oh my God. So, it's basically as long as. So, as long as you keep on basically making copies of the tape and keep showing people, it's like you do you have to show people mm-hmm. or do you have. or It's implied that you have to show people. Because A, um, Rachel showed Noah, mm-hmm. and she was fine. I don't and think she really showed Noah. She, no, Noah, she, no she, she did. The tape? Yes. Oh, Noah. I was like to my Aiden. No, Aiden saw it on his own. That's why she freaked the fuck out. Mm. But when, okay, so Rachel made a copy and then showed Noah mm-hmm. that, that uh, copy. Um, Aiden, the very last line he says is, what's going to happen to the person we show this to? Indicating that it's either going to be a vicious cycle of constantly making copies of this fucking tape until there's hundreds of copies just to save people, or do you sacrifice one life and then get rid of him? Like, get rid of all the copies. So Noah was that sacrifice? No, Noah was not the sacrifice. Whoever they're going to show the tape to will be the sacrifice. If they decide to sacrifice. Or are they just going to have hundreds of these tapes out there? And if you have hundreds of these tapes, then that's easier for it to get distributed further than just Seattle. Oh, my God. So it's like, instead of just it being like an urban legend with honestly no... You know what? You're right. Because you're right. Because she, you know, was unjustly murdered mm-hmm. by... By her mother. Mother, yeah. By her mother, who basically was not supposed to have her in the first place, but... It, it was like a, an adoption process kind of thing, because the mom kept trying to have a child, but kept getting miscarriages. Um, and then one day, the mom and the dad left and came back with Samara. And even the doctor of Samara said, yeah, the person they got Samara from basically said that her mother died of unknown circumstances. 
So you kind of like get this vibe of, oh, something's fucked up with Samara. So and so, something's fucked up with Samara, and it feels like Anne, Anne, uh, the yeah, Anne Morgan. It was all like, yeah, no, I don't know, I don't want to fuck with that. So she unjustly, I won't say I don't know about unjustly. Well, I, like either way, she's definitely killed. not. It's definitely not unjustly because there's something fucked up with Samara. Um. I mean, all the horses died. Like, even the doctors said, yeah, no, this island got a lot better when Samara left. <laughs> that is crazy. And it's like, it doesn't make you wonder, is she, like, an embodiment of evil? Or, like, all of the, like, it kind of makes you wonder, like, is Samara that? Well, I mean, it may not even be, like, an embodiment of evil. Maybe she just has powers. But... Of course, you see someone or you have someone with powers in the real world, you're going to fucking you're going you're going to start looking at that strange. I mean, you see someone with like Superman powers. You're not going to sit there and go, "Oh, cool. That kid's going to be Superman in in the future." You're going to be like, "Oh, shit. He could destroy the world." It's but it's always like looking at the negative aspects of it. That's humanity, man. As humanity, we always look at the worst, but with Samara, it feels like she only wants to look at the worst or that's how they see it they only wanted to look at the worst Mm -hmm. i I would i would think because samara in a whole i don't think there was a whole lot wrong with her i think well i can't even say that because you don't get the full story just all of a sudden she shows up and horses start dying like when did that start happening was it after the parents kind of mistreated her? Because, I mean, they fucking... Honestly, it may be because the parents mistreated her. Because, because she hated the horses. And because, because they forced her to live in the fucking barn. In that creepy-ass dollhouse thing. And But it makes me wonder, why did they make her live in a creepy ball house? <gasps> maybe... You think maybe it's because they made her, like, saying it was because, like, she wasn't supposed to exist anyway? Like, as their, you know, child? Yeah, the dad kept saying the mom's, their, um, Anne, whatever her name, Anne, I think was her name, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't supposed to have a child. Yeah, wasn't supposed to have a child, and so saying that he never had a daughter. Like, he said he never had a daughter. But, th- but was he saying, was he saying that after Samara turned out to be the reasoning behind all the freaky shit. Like, that's the weird thing, is you have to sit there and go, okay, did Samara do all these things because she was mistreated, or was she mistreated because she was doing things like this? And who the fuck knows? Was it the chicken or the egg? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's That's part of it. And... I just, it makes me really respect the lengths people will go, you know, to uncovering the scoop. Because it's like, I almost felt like for a second that she probably was going too far because of how personally linked to all of this she became. Mm-hmm. And granted that, you know, she basically broke the cycle and then kind of started again. Um, but the scene from her going out coming out from the tv just fucking iconic in either japanese or american Dude. uh cinemas that last scene was With fucking noah. epic i oh felt bad for noah because God. he did nothing wrong no especially because like you don't get 
you don't get like a lot of in your face horror in this movie. Mm-mm. It, anything like even the gore is like split second. Like it's <sighs> there and then it's gone. It's that enough was the to jump burn. It, it, that's enough to burn an image into your brain, but not enough for you to sit there and like critique it. That's perfect. But like for them to not show hardly any real horror in this movie, to fucking end it on that was just mwah, not even gonna beautiful. Lie. Not even gonna lie, I was not expecting them to end it on that. Especially because you sit there and you think the day's won. Like they 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 beat it. Like everything then, returns to normal. But then they keep going. And that uneasiness throughout. So you, this movie's so good about putting you on the edge of your seat. Mm-hmm. So like, you think days one, and she's like, "I just want to go home." Okay, movie's over. No, they go pick up no uh, Aiden. Okay, I That's thought cute. Aiden was dead, and then yeah, Aiden looked dead. I was like, "Oh no!" But then he's fine. He's fine. He's okay. They, they take him to the car and they hold hands, and it's a cute moment. And then they keep going, and then Noah and Rachel have a little moment. And then the show keeps going, and then she's, like, taking a shower and cleaning all the grime off of her, and then going to sleep in Aiden's room, and then they have a cute little conversation, and you're like, okay, movie, you done should have rolled the credits about five to, three to five minutes ago, what are you doing? And then it's like, what, what do you mean you weren't supposed to help? And then you cut to Noah. What do you mean you weren't supposed to help her? And that part... Like, got me. I was like, what you mean? Like, that part still rings in my head. What do you mean you're not supposed to help her? Don't you know, Jay? She doesn't sleep. And his fucking nose Nose just started bleeding. Oh, my God. And you cut to Noah, and that fucking TV turns on. I felt so bad, because I was like, Noah Noah tried his best to help, even though he didn't believe her until, like, after he became part of it. Well, no. So, he didn't even believe her then. He thought she was just being fucking crazy and there was something fucked up with her camera. It wasn't until, because he's the camera guy. Like, he knows how audio, he knows how video and audio Mm -hmm. works. And he's uh, getting cigarettes and some groceries at a convenience store. And he looks up at a footage of surveillance tape that he's in. Everything else looks normal, but his face is all whoppy. His face is obscured, yeah. And he knows that is not possible. Man. And that that's when he's like, you know what? Because expect because he's like that that freaked him out enough that he took a hundred pictures because his fucking car seat was piled full of Polaroids. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he was like, "What is? Why is this happening?" And then, oh, that what that caused it. That was the thing. Man, there were just so, it, there were so many things that are uncovered by this movie. And it kind of makes you wonder, it's like, was there a difference between this and the Je- first Japanese uh, Ringu? Yeah. Or was this, like, the same story just told in an American way? No, it's very different. It, it's it's a lot different, but it pays respect. Like, it, it's a very Americanized version, because Ringu's more mystique you never really get a full backstory at least in the first one you don't really get a full backstory of where the tape came from and how it came to be and, and that's more j-horror that you is know, J-horror. shit just fucking happens where american horror is you have to understand the fucked up circumstances for why this is happening mm. that's our whole horror is understanding why people will do things to make certain things happen 
or why someone would succumb to certain things. You know, mm. it, it's not enough that Jason Voorhees is just an unstoppable killing machine. You have to know his backstory. Makes Same thing sense. with Freddy. You have to know his backstory. So, no, it's a lot different. But at the same time, though, it's so similar, it hurts. At least it pays respects in a decent way, unlike, yeah. you know, some Japan to America. Oh, Shudder's kind of, the worst. Uh, you know, that's not Japan, things. that's uh, Taiwanese, but Shudder is the worst. It's just, it just goes to show because I know, at least with like stuff like Parasite, like in the current trend of like Korean cinema and Japanese cinema kind of uh, coming back in the for, uh, forefront of American audiences. Like, there was a story with um, Bong Joon-ho and Harvey Weinstein made a motherfucker rotten hell. Um, I mean, he's not dead, but whatever, he's in jail. But um, there was a story about, you know, his uh, one of his movies that got cut. Basically, like, he got the shit, his movie got the shit in the stick Snowpiercer, Snowpiercer, because of the fact that Harvey Weinstein wanted to cut so many things, and Martin Jones Ho was like, "Fuck that shit," and then basically Harvey Weinstein just uh, sabotaged the film, if I remember correctly, and basically made it a flop. Yeah, because I'm gonna be perfectly honest. When you watch his filmography, Snowpiercer is the one thing that stands out. Stands out like in, in a, a good bad, no, in a bad way. Because mm. when you look at his filmography, every single thing that he has done is great. His art, even with Okja, as like divisive that movie is. I still love Okja. Oh my god! Did I tell you that uh, I was in Seoul whenever Okja came out and how popular that was? No, fuck you. <laughs> it was very popular. Anyway, no, but yo, weird. it was so. It just is so much that like you know people just fucked shit up. And then you see the, you just see how people like to Americanize everything. It's the fact that you know, Park, was it Park Chang Wook? Uh, was it Park Chang Wook that did a uh, Oh Boy? And then Spike when Spike Lee yeah did it, and is I felt bad for Spike Lee because it's like it felt like there wasn't really much that he was able to have control over, and the fact that it was almost like Oh Boy, the American version was DOA. Mm-hmm. Because of like the uh, meddling behind and see, everything just, that Spike Lee was stand- stood for at the time, like it's just weird when because you sit there and you go, okay, foreign films should not be Americanized whatsoever. When you hear of things like Old Boy and films like that, but then you get The Ring and The Grudge and and um, oh, there's another one I can't think of right now, but it's just that oh um. Let the right one in. Mm-hmm. You, you get films like that, and you're like, oh, I can see how Americanizing something or having something adapted to an American audience can fucking work. And it Wh- works. What are, you, what are you doing? It just goes to show how, either how little care or how much care someone puts into a product. Yeah. That's kind of also why I felt bad about the whole Cowboy Bebop revival. Mm-hmm. Oh. The Cowboy Bebop, you know, the live action version, because when I actually watched it, girl, it was kind of campy. And I kind of liked the fact that it was campy as compared, but even though it's not as revered as its original, I still felt like there are elements of the live action Cowboy Bebop that made it stand out and made it different from, different enough from the original source material that both could stand on its own, one without the other. But a lot of people just didn't like it. I get it, but yeah, that's like how, just how I feel about it. I didn't like it. 
What do you think of Death Note? We'll not talk about that. That, was, uh, that goes on the they don't give a fuck kind of uh, thing. Yeah, I did was, not like it. That was fucking garbage. I did not like it. What was up with L? What, I, what had, did they even watch the fucking show? Okay, I'm it was done. just that was not a good adaptation. That I'm, was just not a good adaptation at all. I'm really sad because the same people that brought those are bringing the live action One Piece. But and I'm Oda is actually cry. involved heavily. Yeah, he was also heavily involved with a lot of the movies. And we're not going to talk about them. Are you talking about, like, gold and red? Yeah. Oh, no, like, I don't know about red. I am excited to see red. You was like, I was like, you don't like gold? Because I'm no, like gold. gold's good. Gold is good. But Stampede? I mean, Stampede was, like, an hour, like almost an hour-long fight scene. Not all of his stuff has to be good. Well, he had nothing but. to do with it. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, it's good. At least with red, he wrote it. So, like... It, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that was. But yeah, I, no, I, I mean he's he's that. heavily involved with all of it. Like he supports the anime, and everyone knows how bad the anime is. Who to lay? <laughs> it's it's a lot. It, it it's a a lot that goes into it. We went into a fucking tangent. Back but to I the movie. Like, oh no, I do feel like all, like talking about all of that. It goes back to it because the ring is one of I'm not gonna say the early examples. But it goes to show, post-anime boom, how people were taking so much of Japanese media and were trying to Americanize it. Well, when you It th- goes into that. When you think about the era that this is in, this is in that beautiful era of when Hollywood was coming out with shit horror movies and Japan was fucking killing it. And exactly that- the, This <laughs> is the era where J-horror was popping. Mm-hmm. And- with that, of course, America was going to be like, okay, I guess we're not doing it. So let us, you know, try to find something and go on from there. Find something and try to, to make it our own and go on from there. And so all of that we talked about earlier with anime and shit, it's the same fucking shit. It's the same damn thing. Yeah, we're, we're just recycling now. We, we just went from J-Hard to anime. Mm-hmm. And, but it just goes to show how much you people, when people actually give a shit, and actually do their either do their research or try to make a good product out of elements of the source material yeah. to be able to make something original ish. But like, you know, take the elements from that source material, but to be able to make something of their own, that what this movie did. That's what's what that film did. And it did a bomb ass job of doing it. Oh, no, it it did an amazing, amazing, perfect job of doing that. So everything and my, like I said, my favorite part is the mystery of uncovering everything. It's like I felt on the edge of my seat with every time a new clue has was being brought into the picture. I was like, oh, my God. Their detective skills, like her detective skills in particular, mm-hmm. popping. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, even him, even uh, Noah. Noah with his whole, yeah, I mean, come on, guys. Let me see the records. We can't let you see the records. I've seen them before. I know they're upstairs. Good luck. Or, nice try, asshole. We know they're, you, uh, nice try, asshole. They're downstairs. Oh, okay. Fucking asshole. <laughs> he just goes downstairs. Like, come on. That's that's good that shit right genius. there. That is genius. That's like the Batman level of like critical thinking. I was like, had to be placed three steps ahead in order to be able to get to where you gotta go. That's really cool. But what I also loved about it is instead of doing the whole, you know, the audience can figure it out before the characters can, that kind of pisses me off a little bit in movies. 
Um, I love the fact that we were giving information while the characters were. And then there, there was a certain point where I figured it out at kind of sort of. But then my even then my expectations went just out the window that next scene. Yeah. So I was like, oh shit. Yeah, it's like you know it's like as soon as you think you know it, it it's just nope, nope. And it, it, it's something completely different. And it kinda goes from, you know, Samara being an almost an antagonist to almost like helping, like trying to guide Rachel along the way, but she and wasn't the most, at the same time. Is it wasn't? He's like, oh yeah, no, you bitch, you're gonna die. But at the same time, it feels like Samara knew that, like, felt like, oh yeah, this is gonna get my story out. No, I don't know. I just felt that's no, what it felt like didn't. with the last scene. I mean, the, with the well scene with the well. That oh, but, God, I mean, but I love that at the, so much. Yeah, that was a beautiful that scene. A, that whole but at the same time, time at the same time, she would have died. She literally, unless she accidentally did what she did and didn't even realize she did it in the first place, she would have died. Yeah, no, I thought she was dead. For I, I dead ass thought she was dead. Oh yeah, no. When I saw the hair in the water the first time, I was like, oh yeah, that she, bitch dead. She gonna get got. <laughs> Noah fucking around outside with a water hose, and she's gonna be down there drowning in a whale. Yeah, and from drowning in a whale. To basically finding the oh god, what's with Japan and long hair? That's that's a why thing. is that scary? But well, like, no, here's the thing: why is that considered scary? But at the same time, why is that also fucking terrifying? Long black hair is terrifying for some reason, and I can't subconsciously think why. That well, is. I do think that it kind of goes with like Japanese like standards of not only beauty. But just tradition, and okay. you know, neither of us are but, really like privy to that. At least not that much. But that's Japan, though. Mm-hmm. Why me, a white boy in America, finding wet black hair terrifying? Because I don't know, like wet black hair equals the devil. Does it though? I'm mean, it. It shouldn't. It's just like the fact that like whenever you see like I feel like whenever you see like you know just black hair and like long black hair like that. I think because of the ring, it matters like that matters to take like a whole it, new. It's meaning. not just the ring; it's also the grudge. It's the ring. Literally, the grudge. we just talked about that. No, I'm they're just, the same fucking thing. They're not the same fucking thing. No, I, just, I, I meant that as in we were talking about the ring and the grudge being, you know, the same thing as in. America trying to uh, but, Americanize Japanese horror, but and they both feature bitches with fucking long black hair. And I'm wondering why that's scary. It just is. I just I want to know why. I just want to know why it is. I, I'll say gonna, I I'm can't gonna... even tell you. It's just you would think that it'd be the same vein as like you know red hair being, you know, considered like with blood. It'd be like if once you see somebody with red hair, just like oh, I'm about to die. But I, I don't know. I would, yeah. You don't think that though. You don't but think you, that. But you see a bitch with like long, straight black hair, and you're, I don't know. Either people, someone's gonna think it's hot, or they want to run away. Like, Speaking of hot, Abby was in this movie. Yeah, Abby from NCIS fucking blew my goddamn mind watching. I didn't notice it at first. Jay's just like, oh, I'm like what the fuck? And I went, oh, no, because. Every I don't know every 
time every person that i feel like who's seen in cis loves abby oh, yeah. like loves the golf girl like <laughs> abby and ziva dude mm. like that that's it and i was like oh that's her and this is around i've considering i think this is right before ncis debuted as a show i think that uh i have no idea i used to watch ncis a lot so i'm pretty oh yeah sure. no my mom has like every fucking season so trust me yeah we used to watch it a lot too so yeah so i was like bruh that's abby <laughs> and I, I doesn't made me watch i was like i don't really see her in like movie roles no but it's probably because she makes enough bank on NCIS. She doesn't have to. I mean, honestly, you, you that, got a show that's constantly being re-ran, and they have, what, like 10 seasons? And it's the longevity. Like, I'm pretty sure there's people from the first season that still worked on there to this day. Yeah. So, I, I mean, shit. It works. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, there's just so many good things about this film. I really do like the mystery and the fact that the cycle continues. I also kind of hate the fact that it doesn't it that the second movie sucks no it'd be a good idea to mm-hmm. do take a make a sequel to the ring but make it like in i don't know uh 2008 when like the internet was kind of in its weird like 4chan phase oh no 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 and make the ring like that weird video that you just stumble across no 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 that's what we're not doing. We're not. We're not turning Sadako into a meme. No, I'm not saying a meme. Re- okay, you don't ever remember back in the day when, like, you were a kid and your friend was like, "Yo, I was just on the internet fucking around and I found this video of a guy getting executed." <sighs> you know that was a thing. I know that. I imagine, know that was a thing. Imagine that. Was the that worst. Imagine that, but with this video, with with from the ring, the video from the ring. Oh my That's god. That's a good idea. That is a it, I hate how good of an idea that is. That is such a great idea. Plus it's also like having that shit spread like wildfire mm-hmm. and instead of that means the cycle will be perpetual. Because yep. as if you put something on the internet, nine times out of ten is gonna last forever. Mm-hmm. So it's like as the so so many like copies of videos re-uploads of videos that people make like samara's story will be told over and over and over and over again because especially now the more that we are entrenched in social media culture even with shit being so sensationalized oh yeah you see something like that and then of course there's gonna be people who are gonna be like yeah no we don't need to share that but there's gonna be people who be sharing that video no matter what and there's gonna be people who be dying left and right yeah until until you know what have you ever thought of that about that but taking place in 2020 or like some of the end around this time whereas like people can like share videos just like that see i and thought then with autoplay being a thing is like you have to like keep yourself away from watching it but like the only problem I have with doing it nowadays is because of the accessibility it would have. Anyone, anywhere would be able to watch this movie, watch this video. It would it'd be fucking headline news, you know? Oh, check out the new r- weird video. Where back in 2008, you could stumble upon a video like this. What about... Never be told about it. It just, it exists. It could still be an urban legend. What about... It being on YouTube, like the very first no, iteration of YouTube. That's what I'm saying. Again, 2008. Well, I don't know, like, 
back when YouTube very first started. Well, I mean, that's fine, but still, around 2000, yeah, 2006 yeah, yeah, yeah. to 2008, yeah, anywhere yeah. around there, if you do it too soon or too too close to the present, it becomes too accessible. Mm. And it's not it ha- doesn't have that horror factor to it. It doesn't have that scare to it. Because it's just there. Yeah, I mean, it could be an urban legend, but unless you're really looking for it, you're not going to find it, or you could accidentally stumble on it. Oh my god, and then what if, like, there's a thing, where, especially with 4chan being as big as it was back then, Mm -hmm. what if, like, all of it leads, like, gets led back to, like, a 4chan thread, like, a single 4chan thread that, no matter how much it gets deleted, it always stays, like, it never leaves. And you kind of go on from there. Oh my God, Heath. That's the story right there. Hollywood, if you steal this from me, I swear to God. Fuck. <laughs> Time All right, to, well, uh, we need to start writing right now. because uh, <laughs> Literally right now. We got to get this uh, registered next week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, what, what did you think of The Ring? And Honestly, what would you rate it? Overall, I really thought it was... Like it was very cleverly placed, and it made me realize I am, I'm kind of a bitch for mystery. Like this movie, like there's no like scares or anything. So there's like scare scares, but it was just the fact that like I felt so entrenched in the story of it all, and just the mystery being uncovered as we were watching, and I really did like that. I love the performances; they're very strong. Um, there were just so many great things about this film and i i feel like the few negatives that can probably come up with it are just very like minor nitpicks about you know i'm it's seattle considering it's seattle it doesn't surprise me i thought that i thought that was gonna be a negative no you said one of the negatives it's seattle no (laughs) i used to hate seattle but i love seattle now that actually went there but um it's just the fact that there wasn't really much diversity shown in Seattle, but then I realized, girl, this is Seattle. There's like seven percent black. <laughs> it was seven. It's even seven or eight percent black in fucking 2021. So I was about to say for 2002 uh, Hollywood horror, and they had like two prominent black people, like main care, like not main characters, but like the teacher had mm-hmm. a good scene, and then homeboy that was the 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 clerk for the videotape. He he had a good scene. I thought that he was, was a funny. good scene. He was fucking hilarious. It was a good scene, but it was just like drip drip drops. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's two thousand two Hollywood, two thousand two Hollywood, and in Seattle. But other than that, I can't really think of anything really negative to say about this film. Like, I don't, I can't really think of any plot holes, any kind of just things that brought it down for me. So I'm gonna give it a solid. Oh fuck, I don't know. I don't want to be like, oh my god, give it a solid five, but it's a very close. It was a, it was very close to a perfect movie for me, which is wild. That sounds like a five to me. What'd you think? I'm giving it a five. I fucking love this movie. I think, considering it's a uh, it's an adaptation of Japanese material, I think this one does invoke a lot of care for the source material, but also like enough like cojones to be able to try something different and to make something different and it have it actually work mm-hmm. and just having naomi watts around is pretty cool too mm. so. yeah so i give it a five and i'm assuming Me, you're giving it a five. i'll give it a five <laughs> cool cool um so yeah that caps off cursed objects month we're already done wow we're that's already crazy. done crazy 
Um, this this everything felt so short this month. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, we did skip a week by accident. By accident. So we, we it wasn't busy. our fault. No, it was our fault. But we got. I busy. mean, oh yeah, it was our fault. But we were busy. You're like we had things to do. Like, <laughs> um. So as we do every month, how would you rank the four films we watched this month? How would you rank our cursed object movies? My God. Okay. So for watch- a reminder, we have seen Oculus. Oculus. Hellraiser, Hellraiser, Evil Bong, and just now we finished the ring. Wow, it feels like this is feels very short. Yeah. Well, considering last month was five with a female director month. Did we watch four for February? Yeah, four for February and four for um um, January. Well, I guess in this case, um, I will basically kind of throw it out there. So. Evil Bong last. Um only because it's just like I hated that movie, but I found some charm out of it. Um for three Hellraiser because it was just a lot of nonsense. It was a lot of nonsense school stuff that okay, it was giving camp, but I was like, this is nonsense. Um also I wish Pinhead got more got more love. Um I'm oh, Oculus. Oculus is gonna be my second and the ring my first. Yeah. I feel like that's how I feel. So yeah. Alright. Divisivity time. Hellraiser is at the bottom. Oh, I knew that. I don't like Hellraiser. And Evil Bong only etches it out because I honestly think I would rewatch Evil Bong. When you're high? I probably like if, okay if a guy comes up to, if if someone comes up to me and was like hey you want to watch Hellraiser I would think about it hey you want to watch Evil Bong yeah why not okay that, that, that makes I sense. mean that's li- they're literally that close together I had to think of it that way that makes a lot of sense so yeah that and then Oculus followed by the Ring the Ring is so good it it, it feels like. Oculus and the Ring though are very close. Yeah, like I think if Oculus, I don't know. I think Oculus, the Ring just kind of edges it out just a little bit. I, when it comes, they'll both be a number one for me. And if I want to be real, because I really did like Oculus, mostly because it made me feel things. Yeah, that I it made me feel a lot more than I thought. Like you did actually, cry on my couch. I did actually cry, but. I feel like with the ring, I like the mystery a little bit more. Yeah, the mystery kind of edged it out, and I think that was what made it made it work for me. So, what about you? I mean, that's I, I, that's mine. Hellraiser, Evil Bong, Oculus, and then the ring. I just really, really like Oculus. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that edged out all of fucking. Cursed, Cursed Objects month. month. We're moving on to a wow. new month. We're going yeah. to be in May so close, so quickly, too. So, I think May is... Uh, so, we are going to do something a little different. We... Ooh! So, I love Universal Monsters. I fucking love them. So, so will you uh, give an explanation of Universal Monsters for the ones who don't really know? Universal Monsters, essentially, from 
1933, I want to say. Yeah, 1933 on up to the 50s. Universal did a bunch of monster movies, and the iconic ones everyone thinks about, everyone knows and love, is you got Frankenstein's Monster, Dracula, The Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Invisible Man. And I'm going to be honest, my personal favorite has always been The Invisible Man. I don't know why. You would think, you know, all the other ones would be cooler and everything, but The Invisible Man has always been my fucking favorite. So, what we're going to do for the years going forward is every, or uh, once a month, every year, we're going to pick a different Universal Monster and just kind of look at his back catalog of films. And we are starting next month with The Invisible Man. And the first film is the 1933 James Well-directed The Invisible Man. <laughs> oh, his name. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hmm. It's just the name The name of the director is James Well. Yeah. And The Invisible Man is based off of H.G. Wells. Mm -hmm. So I'm like... But James Well also did uh, Bride of Frankenstein. Another universal classic. Yep. Mm. So, but this is also back in the day where the studio system was still in play, to where people like stars, directors, and whatnot were tied to a studio. Basically, how like you know you have people that are set to a label, like music label now, and they're part of that. They're just part of that. They are only work within that realm. Yeah. So this and, take that with what you will. And watching the fucking behind the scenes documentary on how they actually made this possible is just astonishing. I mean, to actually make someone invisible back in 1933 and it work? Oh, so cool watching that. Oh, no. So cool watching how they made that happen. The, honestly, early cinema is just nothing but innovation after innovation after experiment after experiment. And we have to respect the... We have to respect cinema for being able to coincide with technology in such a way where we always have to respect where we came from. Mm -hmm. We have to respect where it came from when it comes to narrative, when it comes to how technology is used in films, how technology is used to shoot said films, to make the special effects, to make people entertained. We have to respect that. Even though, you know, D.W. Griffith can go choke on a hole. <laughs> No, fuck that nigga. Like, <laughs> but, but anyway, anyway, thank yeah. you so much for joining us this month. I hope you all enjoyed it and I hope you'll enjoy next month as well as we look into all the movies that contain the invisible man. And I'm excited for it because I, my real, only real, like watching for like as a, for as a viewer kind of thing and not as a student is the latest one. Oh, with uh, Elizabeth Moss? Uh-huh. That one's really good. So okay. I am excited to see our, the origins of the Invisible Man and see how everything goes from here. I'm excited for our first uh, sp uh, 
series themed. Yeah. Like, series specific themed. Yeah, like I said, well, we're going to do a thing where like uh, once a month every year we'll we'll pick a different universal monster. I'm excited. So, but yeah, so that's next month. Again, thank you so much for joining us this month. Thank you again for watching us. Uh, if you like what you see, please hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit that bell notification, comment down below, let us know what you thought of the ring, and check out our playlist. Hit us up on social medias, including Facebook, Twitter, and all that good shit. And also, watch... don't don't forget to update the letterbox. Yeah, no, I got it, mm. motherfucker. You forgot to post on Facebook, and I had to do that twice. Yeah, because <laughs> I was working. Yeah. Overtime. Yeah. 12 hour shifts every single I've day. I've updating the letterbox. Okay. When did I not update it? I don't know. I'm, I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Join <laughs> us next week. Watch uh, The Invisible Man, 1933, directed by James Wells. It's it's great. It's really good. It, it's good just to watch and see how the fuck they did something like that in 1933. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, it's so good. But until next time, I have been Heath. And I have been Jay. And you have been listening to Host, Host of, of Horrors. Horrors. Bye. Bye, y'all.